right now. I mean, there's folk here this morning I know that's got all kinds of issues. Where is God taking you from? Where is he trying to take you from? There you go. And it's amazing. It's amazing how simple it is, but yet how so far we get away from it from the time we're that age to now. You know, I've seen it more and more, you know, working with the youth and working with the young adults. And the younger the kids, the closer they are. But the older we get, the further we get away. Why is that? Think of all the things that they know. Think of all the things that they can learn. Think of all the verses. I mean, think about it from a personal standpoint. Think about how many verses you, you learned as a young child. How many of them do you know as an adult? I mean, think about it. I mean, you know, Pastor amazes me a lot because, you know, he knows what he knows and he can quote all these different things and, and he can actually quote them pretty spot on. Now, I can quote some some varieties and some paraphrasing, and a lot of us can, but think about what has happened. Why has it happened? Where, where, where did all the good and the innocence go? There you go. We got a preacher over here. <laughs> but I mean, think about it. I mean, think about what our purpose is. Think about what we're here for. Think about what God's doing in our life. Think about what God's calling you to do right now. Think about what we're not doing that God's calling us to do. Think about all the things that happens in our lives that pull us away from the things God's got us called to do. I mean, how many of us use these excuses as to why not to do something? How many of us use excuses why not to come to church? Well, I'm not going to church because all those people down there, you know, they're, they're hypocritical, they're doing this, they're doing that. Well, it's true. But this house was put here for sinners. This house was put here for us to come together. This house was put here for us to come to this altar together, to bind together. To stand together. I mean, think about how divided everything is. I mean, growing up, I, it's amazing. I've never really thought a whole lot about racism. And then, you know, several years ago, we got about, I don't know, eight years solid of we're supposed to be racist, and now all of a sudden we're racist. But think about what that's doing to the church. Think about what it has done to the church. I mean, are we not kind of bigoted and racist in the church together? I mean, you got to be a Christian, but you got to do this, you got to do that. But what is the church put here for? I mean, it's somewhere we've got to come to know and realize that we're all even at the foot of the cross. We don't have to let the world tell us that we got to be this way when we're not that way. Right? I mean, we're all created. In the image of God. And just for the folks that don't understand it, I want you to understand what color Jesus really is. Do you think Jesus is closer to my color? I'll leave it at that. So again, we can dispel all that. He says, but go and learn. Verse 13 says, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. So there's the other part we leave. So he didn't come to, to call all the right folks. Now he's going to use some righteous folks 
to help us sinners get to where we need to be, right? Because don't, don't, don't forget, we're all sinners. We've all fallen short. But God sent Jesus for us to have a way. And it's through him. But that's where we get lost is, is through him. So we have to be repenting. Right? I mean, at some point, there has to be some action in our lives. We have to do something. We have, we have to give up something. We have to come to a point that we understand that, that Jesus gave his life for us, but we have to come to a point that we give it back. Right? That we give it over. And again, we can never be to the point that, that we think these, these, these walls and these roofs is just for, just for us holy folk. I mean, again, there, these, these walls and this building is here for the sinners. What, why, why do we limit what can come in that door? Why do we, we kind of worry when we invite folks to church and they're a little bit different? They do things a little bit different. You know, maybe, especially now, you know, you've got everything going on with uh, the pronouns and all of this. Well, how are these folks going to be different? How are they going to be given a choice? How are they going to be given an opportunity to become different if we won't let them in the door? Right? I mean, we have an awesome opportunity here to do what God has called us to do. It's to love one another, to teach one another, to correct one another, to edify one another. But we've got to give them a way back. You have to give them a way back. You have to be part of what Jesus wants you to be. I mean, we're all held accountable, and we should all hold each other accountable but we have to have that door open. We have to have our heart open. And guess what? When we do that, there's going to be some things that happen that we don't like. There's going to be some things that are uncomfortable. There's going to be some times that we get hurt. And that's part of it. But our ultimate goal is to share God's love, to share God's life, to share the salvation that we have. I mean, what good news do we have if that's not it? I mean, what good news do we have to share if it's not introducing somebody to life in life eternal? Amen. Good word. Good word this morning, Pat. Thank you for that. Thank all of y'all for being here this morning. I'm glad you are. I hope that you came ready to receive the Word of God this morning, to hear the Word of God, and, and um, you know, just as we spend our time in, in praise and worship to Him. He's the only one that's worthy of glory and honor and praise in our life. The only one that's worthy of that. So it's good to come and, and spend that time together, lifting up His holy name and then hearing His Word and so that's, that's what we're here for, for needs to be met and, and hearts to be changed and lives to be changed, right? Amen. Amen. Y'all, anybody warm this morning? Everybody good? Don't nobody get too warm. I know what happens when we get warm. We kind of nod all a little bit. Yeah, I know. I'd be guilty of it. I understand. I'll try to be loud and quick. I'll slap and kick around if I need to. If y'all feel the spirit to get up and move around, I know it's y'all just trying to stay awake. It's all right. But no, I'm glad we're having some cool weather. Whoever wanted it's here, right? 
Well, it'll be, I'm sure, we'll, we'll probably get some hot days again before it gets cold, and then it'll just be cold, and everybody, it's too cold. I'm ready for warm weather. I already heard that this once from Miss Bonnie, didn't we? <laughs> First day of cold weather. She said, I'm ready for it to be 90 again. So, but, um, so again, thanks to all that helped yesterday. It was a wonderful time. Um, I know we gave out, I know at least we had, I printed off 200 little flyers about the church and the set was steadily here, here, here. Yeah, she was all over it. So that's good. Um, but no, we had a good time. Gave out a bunch of donuts and popcorn and, and water and coffee. So it, it was a good time. Glad, thank you for all that come and helped and, and, and fellowshiped. And, and we had a good time with everybody that was there. Um, so, and again, on the 25th, don't forget, we're at Trunk or Treat slash Fall Festival. You know, let's make our themes for our trunks. We're, we're still wanting to promote Jesus through this, right? Not goobs and gob- ghouls and goblins and all that kind of stuff. And scare. We're not trying to scare folks. We're trying to bring them into Jesus, okay? So let's, let's make sure that we have something... And we'll try to print out some more of those little handouts for everybody to hand out with their candy if possible. Something that promotes Jesus through this. Because we want to reach people. We want to reach hearts and lives. It's not just about Halloween and all that kind of stuff. It's or getting candy. It's, we want to promote Jesus through everything that we do. Not just here, but as we go out from here. But All right. Um, also, the teenagers. So this is the 13 to 18-year-olds that meet over at Mom and Daddy's house on uh, Wednesday night. They will be going, they plan on going to the movies this Wednesday. So it would be to see that movie, The Blind, about Phil Robertson's life. Um, and so they want to go see it. They'll be leaving here at the church at 630. So if, you're, if your child's in that group over there, then, um, then be here at 630. Tickets are $12.50 apiece. If, if for some reason you need help with transportation, you know, finances to, to get them there or to buy a ticket, whatever, you let, us, let me know, all right? Just let me know. There's no shame in that whatsoever. And, and we will make sure that your team gets to see that movie. I've, I've heard a lot of good things about it. And, and so um, people's lives are being changed. Why? Because of one man's testimony, one man's life. And, um, and so they can watch that and their lives be changed and they'd be that one person that changed somebody else's life because they decided to follow Jesus just like he did. We got the same opportunity. It wasn't, he's not famous because he made a duck call. That helped. But if you ever listen to his testimony, he made that with God's ability and gave everything back to God. Gives it all back to him. So it's a powerful testimony. So remember that Wednesday, if you're a teenager, be here at 630 to leave. Tickets are 1250 apiece. And I think the movie starts at 7.20. So, um, and then there may be somebody, some adults, that, a couple of them that have to go to help drive. So we'll, we'll talk about that afterwards. All right, anything else this morning before we pray? Everybody good? All right. Well, let's receive our offering. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. A couple of prayer requests this morning. Brad Fowler's not feeling well. He's running a fever all weekend. I don't know what's going on, but that's where him and his family is. Um, I guess y'all noticed, and most of you, he might have told you before, church, mom and dad left. Not that they were mad. They're, they're ministering at Destiny Church this morning over here in the downtown area. Um, they had uh, been asked. He, Brother Jerome called daddy a couple of weeks ago. So just we're praying for them this morning that uh, 
that the word he preaches over there will go forth and, and go on hearts and lives and people will be changed. Um, and again, we'll pray for the uh, what's going on in Israel. It's a uh, you know, eye-opening thing. Watch the news. Watch the things on it. Um, and, and remember that uh, God is in control, okay? God's in, well, God's in control, but people have to submit to him. All right? This thing is, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things coming out about end-time prophecies and all this kind of stuff, and I'm not up here to tell you that I'm up on any of that like I should be. But I do know that there's still evil in this world. And, and the people that are doing this against Israel have a totally different belief. Their God tells them that that's their land. Their God tells them that we're a bunch of infidels. Their God tells them that us as Christians should die just as the Jews. So they're dying. The Jews are dying for no other reason just because they're Jews. And, and, they're, and what their God, their God's not a God of love. Their God's a God of, hey, this needs to happen. So our God's still powerful enough the one and true living God, whether the people in Israel believe in him completely or not, we had a big discussion. If you were in our men's group Wednesday night, you heard an, an, a good discussion on this. And, and uh, you know, there's more questions to, to be asked. You're like, well, why is this going on? Why does this keep going on? Well, there's not going to be peace in Israel until Jesus comes back, right? There's not going to be peace in this world completely until Jesus comes back. But we do know that's where Jesus said that, that's where my kingdom, my earthly kingdom is going to be set up. So we do need to pray for that peace and those things over there to, um, for, for God's hand to be on them. All right. Anything else before we pray this morning? Yes, sir. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We sure will. We sure will. All right. Well, let's pray. Let's join together. Heavenly Father, we love you. Praise you and thank you again for this time we get to come together and get to get to just join together as one heart and one accord as a body of Christ, as, you've, as your word told us to do and has called us to do every time we come together, to lift up one voice. And, Father, we thank you for this time together, that your spirit move on hearts and lives this morning. God, that we just look to you for wisdom and instruction and understanding in every area in our life. Father, that you just uh, work and move and, and touch hearts and lives this morning. God, we just lift these needs up to you right now. We pray for Brother Wayne's family that he mentioned. God, you just touch, and, and God, you open eyes. Holy Spirit, convict of sins and things where people need to change. And God, you just touch and move in their life right now with, you know, the, the sickness that's come on this man. God, you just touch and move in his life that he looks to you, turns his heart back to you, and, and sees you work and move in his life as you will. God, we just pray right now for our country, for the men and women that's serving this country all across this land. But we know the ones that, that have been called up, that are heading toward the war zone, Father. We pray extra heads of protection around them right now, Father. We thank you for, for their call and what they're, what they're called to do. And they're, they're, they're living that call that you, that, they put, that you put in their life to serve and protect. And so we can have this time of freedom here together. God, we just ask you touch and move in their lives. Be with, be with our government, our, our every 
everything that, that goes on, God, that they turn and look to you in their lives. And, and God, that we can once again be a nation that we can say that you are a God and we're, we're truly, truly living for you. And we thank you for that, Father. Now be with the, the whole war in Israel, God, that you just touch and move. Be with the, the, the men and women of Israel as they're fighting this war, God, that you just work and move in their lives in this whole situation, Father. We thank you for that. God, we pray for Brad and Elizabeth Fowler this morning, their whole family. God, that you just touch and you move and bring health and healing there where it needs to be, God. And we thank you that you're working in Brad's life this morning, bringing healing to him. God, we just thank you for that. Be with Dad and Mom as they're over at Destiny Church preaching this morning, ministering your word, that you just uh, touch and move in that, that whole service this morning just like you're going to do here and have already. And we thank you for it, God. As we come together with our time of tithes and offerings, God, that you just touch and bless and, and, and each and every one here, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Things in this world go on, but yet the, the world keeps turning, don't it? Sun comes up and goes down, but we look to Jesus all the time, right? We look to Him. All right, children, go to Children's Church this morning. I had a whole slew of them come in, so that's good. That's good. Hallie will have a good time back there. We are in still, do what? Yeah, you just put it in there. Yeah. We're still in the book of Mark. We're um, being chapter 4 this morning, finishing up Mark chapter 4. If you've been reading along and reading with us each week as we go on, wait for, uh, well, you start that to record, Cody? I noticed all our sound guys just left. As soon as preaching starts, they just, well, it's time to go. It's all right. We'll get it. I won't move around until Clay gets back. Yeah, I did, didn't I? <laughs> all right. So we're in Mark chapter 4. And last week we, we finished up when we talked about the, the parable of the sower and how that, you know, what, what we sow and, and what Jesus was sowing and the Word that's going forth, we need to make sure that our hearts are ready to receive the Word each time it's, each time it's given. We need to make sure that, that, that we're ready and, and willing to accept the Word no matter what, that we're not offended by the Word, that we don't toss it aside because we don't want to do it because it's a little tough. But we need to be ready to accept the Word and then let that Word grow in us and spring up and spring forth in our life to where we can go out and, as we say each week, be the men and women of God that He's called us to be. And the only way we're going to do that is if we know the Word of God and it's rooted and grounded in us. Amen? I mean, y'all going to have to help out this morning. I'll call on you from time to time. All right? So... As we go, as it goes on in these verses, we're not going to read the rest of them, but Jesus, again, He, he, he talks a couple other times about um, seed and about planting and about harvest, and He tells them again, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. 
so we all got ears to hear, so we need to hear what's going on. We good? All right. We need to hear what's going on and, and get past these ears. Sometimes we need to get these ears open more and this closed more, right? Because we need to listen a lot more than we talk. We need to pay attention a lot more than what we actually say, right? I mean, I know if you've had teenage daughters, they talk a lot, don't they? I know Savannah don't. She's over smiling. She don't talk nothing. But they, they talk and they talk and they talk some more. And it's like, okay, I'm glad we talked. Well, let's, I'm tired from just listening to you talk. But, you know, and, and, so, and so we need to listen when we talk. And it needs to sink down inside these ears and through here and into our heart to where it will grow. And so that's what Jesus was getting. And, and so this, this, this last passage is, you know, it's one of those that we preach on a lot and hear about. And if you've been in church any time again, you know, Jesus, get, they tell him, to, we're going to start in verse 39 of our chapter 4. Chapter 4 and verse 39. I'm sorry, verse 35. I don't know why I said 39. Verse 35. So Jesus had finished teaching, and, and he preached to them in parables, everybody that he was talking to. And then it says at the end of it, and in verse 34, it says, But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. So was, he had to explain the, the parable of the sower to them. And then he had to keep explaining things to them. How many feel like that God has to keep explaining things to you all the time? And, right. And so I get where they're coming from. It's like, tell us what you really mean. Tell me, and, and we want that. And that's what the Holy Spirit's here for, so we can understand these things of the Word. So Jesus taught them extra by themselves. And, and so... He go on to verse 35. On that same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Let us cross over. So Jesus had no doubt that him and the disciples and whoever else was with him was going to get to the other side. They did not, they did not think about a storm coming up. They didn't have their phones to pop up, WAFF 48 app and look at the weather, you know, but I'm sure back then they still had a sense of knowing what kind of weather was going to happen. What was coming up? You know, they see a wind change or something like that. The pressure, they knew that a storm was about to come. And then they didn't question Jesus that we read here, but they said, let us go. He said, let us go to the other side. And when they had left the multitude, they took along with him the boat in, in the boat as he was, and the other boats were with him also. And so this, you know, Jesus was not in a ship going to the other side. They were in these little skiffs or boats going to the other side. So there were several of them. And though Jesus never doubted that they would make it, Jesus never had a concern that was like, well, we're, we're going to go to the other side, but something may happen. No, He didn't tell them that, did He? Just like in our own life. We know for us to get from point A to point B, there's going to be things in between that we're going to have to go through. And we go to Jesus and we say, well, all right, I'm going to walk this way and I'm going to go where you want me to go. But he doesn't ever say, he's never told us, well, you go that way, I'm going to make the path easy, did he? So Jesus, in a sense, was saying, if we're going to go to the other side, we're not worried about all these other things that's going on. And, and as we know in verse 37, he said, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. 
So I'm sure by this point, before this happened, just because I, I can, I'm a man and disciples were men and we know how stubborn we can be, there was probably some murmuring going on, some talk, like, hey, there's a cloud right there and, and this, this is not going to be good. And also, I'm sure there were some struggles these this thing into their own hands. And as a storm came and the winds come up, they were probably trying to go back to where they came from or with the waves and, and or with the, you know, to where it can be easy for them and struggling and fighting on their own. Because we all know that when God calls us to do something in our life or a storm comes up in our life, let's look at it this way, a storm, a problem comes up. Do we more times or not try to do everything on our own as much as we can before we call on God? We all have those issues more times than not in our life. To where we're trying to, trying to steer on our own, trying to row on our own, trying to get back to where we came from, to where it was smoother and easier on our own. But the Bible doesn't say that Jesus woke up and said, hey, just go back to the other side, does it? Go back to where we came from. So, the waves beat on the boat so it was already filling. I know there was one time I was fishing in Gunnersville. And we was in a, I think like a 16-foot John boat. And, and so we was, we was out there fishing at Browns Creek. And we, we could see the dock from where we needed to go because there was all this cloud coming up. But we did not make it in time. I don't know about you all, but I have no desire to be on the water when a thunderstorm comes up. I, have no, I, I, have, I don't want that. That's what happened this day. There was a thunderstorm come up. There was big, I mean, raindrops. I mean, it, you couldn't see from me to y'all in front of me. raining so hard. Cloud, the ground lightning. It was hitting a lake. And I was like, we need to go now. And, and the boat started filling up. Why? Because it was raining. And I won't use the term on a flat rock, but everybody knows what I'm talking about. And so it was raining that hard. And I started getting nervous. I'm like, we need to go. I can see the shoreline from here. And I didn't know if we was going to jump out. I didn't know what we was going to do. But, but it was not fun. And I can, I can kind of relate where they was because I, I don't care to do that. When you're out in the water and a storm comes up, there's nowhere for you to hide in a small boat. It ain't like I was in a big yacht to where I could get down in the bottom. None of that. But the storm was there. What was we going to do? We finally made it back. And got out as quick as we could, soaked. The disciples, we know they were soaked. The water's coming up over the side. They didn't know where they was about to die, get hurt, drowned, what was going on. They were going to have to do something else besides what they were doing. But they couldn't see nothing but the storm around them. They couldn't see anything else but the storm there. All they saw was the wind and the waves. And we know this is not the only time in the Gospels that we read that Jesus left them in a storm or they were, went to the other side somewhere and a storm was there. We know the next time Jesus was not in the boat, but Jesus was in the boat with them while they was in the storm. And they were still scared. They still didn't know what to do. So finally, they did the one thing, well, they did the one thing that they did that could have done right at this point with Jesus being right there. Where was Jesus at this time? Jesus was asleep. Jesus was asleep. Like how, was, how could Jesus be asleep in a storm if it's that bad? If the waves are that bad? If the problem was that bad, how could Jesus be asleep? And that was their thought. Because we read on, it says, 
in verse 38, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. He's snoozing, resting. You're like, well, well, that doesn't sound like Jesus cared. That's the same thing they thought. We're in a storm in our life and things aren't going right. And, and family's going astray. Finances are. Seems like marriage is. What it, children, whatever's going on. You can't see nothing but what's happening right there. Knowing that you're a child of God. Knowing that, that you're one of God's elect just as he, as he called these disciples. You're a disciple if you're a child of God, which means you are in the ministry, right? So you have the same ability as him to call on God. But they come and said to him and woke him and said, Not that, hey, Jesus, will you help us out a little bit? Will you help us roll? Will you help us do something? They went and confronted him. Hey, do you not care that we perish? Do you not care that we're dying here, that we're about to go under, that, that the water is coming in the boat, the waves are beating in, that the problems are, are going this way and that way? Do you not care? How many has ever felt that way when we have problems in our life? God, do you not care? Where are you at right now? I thought, I thought that once I've made Jesus Lord of my life, that things were going to be different. Well, sure they are. You have somebody else to call on. But, but Jesus, they, they come to Jesus and say, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? You're asleep. How can you be asleep? Jesus was asleep during the storm because he had the peace that passes all understanding living inside of him. Guess who else has a peace that passes all understanding living inside of them? You do if you're a child of God. You have the same peace that Jesus did. The only difference is Jesus didn't look at everything else that was going on around him. He kept his eyes focused on God. He kept his eyes focused on what he was supposed to be doing. He didn't let everything else come into view and, and keep him from seeing God working and God moving. Because Jesus knew, he already said, hey, we're going to the other side. We're going to the other side and, and we're going to do more of what God's called me to do. But they said, do you not care that we're asleep? And, and so, how in the world can, can somebody, how can you have peace through a storm? How can you have peace through trials? I know me and Gabby's different in the way that, not that she's bad, but she does wrong with, with the way she looks at things, but we look at things different. I've always been to where I can, something goes on, I can brush it off for more times than not. She's always been to where she kind of worries about things more than I do. And she'll look at me, she's like, how are you asleep right now? Does this not bother you? I'm like, well, yeah. I remember when we first got married, there was times, and you remember getting married, and financially, times are not easy. And it'd be like some Saturday nights, you know, bills due Monday morning. And we're looking, we're like, we ain't got the money there. And I, of course, I've always been able to fall asleep easy. Anywhere, it don't really matter. But she would be up worrying about it midnight on Saturday night or something. She's, I'm like, she's like, I just, I don't know. I don't know, just, I, oh. And she said, what are we going to do? I was like, well, nothing right now because it's midnight on Saturday night. And every time it would take care of itself. We would be able and God would help and provide and bless and, and work in those situations. But, you know, we, we all fall into that. And sure, I don't show it as much as she does, but there's things in my life that I, that I have to struggle with not to let consume me at times to keep my focus where it needs to be. 
and, and it's not easy. We all know that. We all know it's not easy to do those things because we want to look at everything going on around us and blame God for what's going on, for what He's not doing in my life. When it's all the time we look back and it's us that's where, we're not need, where we need to be. It's us that we have some kind of pride built up in our life. We've got disobedience built there that, that we don't want to let go of, even though we, we're not submitting our lives to God as He's called us to. And, and we're just not letting everything go, and we wonder why things aren't getting better. Well, it's not God. It's, all, it's never God. It's always you. Hallie, the other day, she, she didn't do good on a test or something. And, and she was all just distraught about it. Well, the teacher this, the teacher that. Y'all ever, kids, y'all ever blame the teacher? It's always the teacher's fault, right? It's never your fault. It's how they wrote the test. It's how they grade. They didn't do this right. They didn't teach us this. And I'm not saying that in this situation that Hallie's completely wrong. But, you know, we always want to blame somebody else besides ourselves. We always want to put things on somebody else. If a husband and wife are in a fight, it's always the spouse's fault, not yours. It's easier. It's always... If the kids are not acting right, teenagers, it's always their fault. And most of the time it is. More than the parents. Y'all remember that. No amen from the parents. I'm glad I don't have teenagers at home anymore is all I know. And so, so we, it's easier to blame somebody else. And so they come at Jesus aggressively. Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? But Jesus did. Jesus did care that they were perishing. I, I can't imagine what's going on in the war zone in Israel. Just watching videos of that last week and, and seeing the things that, that were shown and these, these guys, the terrorists that were coming in and just slaughtering families at gunpoint, chopping their heads off. And, and you say, why are you watching videos like that? I was watching something and he didn't, he didn't unfilter anything or filter anything. Everything was unfiltered. Why? Because this guy's a Jew, and he said, I think the world needs to see what's going on and needs to see it fully. And not that I like watching gross things, but that's what happens in a war. These things are going on, and, and, and so, you know, it tears you up to see those things. But, and so I couldn't imagine the turmoil and the storm that they're dealing with right now. The innocent people that are having to hide, that are getting pulled out of their houses, out of safe rooms, out of these different areas, and just being slaughtered because they This is no different than us coming in and slaughtering us because we're black, white, you know, we were born in America, you know, whatever. You know, I'm Irish descent. Well, they could kill me because I'm Irish. And I'm doing nothing. But it's the same kind of thing. And And so... Last week I was listening to a podcast talking about some of this stuff, and I'm driving to Huntsville. And so somebody swerves over in front of me, and I get mad, of course, like we all first reaction do when somebody does something. And I had to think to myself, this is what I'm worried about today. I don't, I'm not listening to sirens going off. I'm not listening to... Uh, to you know, bombs, missiles hitting stuff. Didn't know I've moved like I've read this. Heard this one story. This family had had went to like eight or ten different locations, trying to escape, and then they thought they were safe, and a missile hits where they're at, killed everybody in their family. One guy lived. And so I don't. We don't worry about those things. We don't know those things. But we all have problems in our life to where to us they're as bad as what's going on as what they're dealing with the way we think about it. 
but it's not. So, so me, somebody doing that, I, I'm not worried about somebody trying to come take my life every day. I'm not worried about those things, but they are. So they're a different kind of storm than what I'm in. They're a different kind of area than, than what I'm having to go through right now. And, and that's, that's not ever saying that it's not going to be here. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what, what holds in America. But we do know that who we've got to go to time and not look at the problems as much and concentrate on them, but look at who is in control of our life. So, so we've never known that kind of fear. We can start to question in our own life when we're going through things, why me? Why is this happening to me? Anybody done that? Why, why, why are my children this way? Why is my life going this way? Why is this thing happening to me in my life? And we start to question, and then we start questioning God. We start more like, hey, do you not care that this thing's happened to me? Like you're, you're more special than somebody else. You're all special in God's eyes. That doesn't mean you're more further away than problems happen to somebody else. Because in John sixteen thirty three, Jesus, he speaks here. He says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. We know this verse really well. Peace, 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 peace that not just I can just lay down and sleep at night, but peace that like Jesus had to sleep on the boat. That no matter what's going on around, I can rest in God. I can rest in Him. I can rest in His promises, knowing that at the end of the day, when I leave this world, I'm going to heaven. That, that, that it, whatever happens, God, I can put in God's hand. He's in control. That, it, that in me, you may have peace, but in the world, you'll have tribulation. But here, I have overcome the world. The disciples didn't realize who was in the boat with them. They realized, they knew, hey, He was a good prophet, that, that he, was, he was doing miracles, but they really didn't understand that he was the one there when God created the heavens and the earth. He was the one there that, that when Satan fell and, and sin entered the world. They, didn't, they couldn't comprehend that just as we couldn't if Jesus was sitting right here. And, and so, you know, they, they couldn't understand those things. But he gave them the same power and authority just as he's given us to speak the name of Jesus over these things. And watch things change. He's like, well, I, I prayed one time and it didn't change. Pray again. And if it don't change the next time, pray again. And if that won't work that time, then guess what? You pray again. And you keep speaking the name of Jesus over these things. And then at some point, something's going to change. A lot of times, what will change will be you and your attitude and how you talk. And the seeds that you sow in your life. That other person may not change the way we think they should or where they should right now. But your attitude toward them, the unforgiveness in your life toward them, the hatred toward them, the love where you need where don't, it's not there toward them will change. Because you are actually submitting yourself to God and speaking Him and speaking Jesus to the situation. So Jesus didn't leave them in the storm. He didn't leave them to deal with this one on their own, did He? He didn't say, leave me alone, I'm asleep. He said, y'all, y'all deal with it. Jesus never done that to us. He said, he said, I've overcome the world. So the world as itself doesn't know how to try and find true peace. What, what does the world look to? We've all been there. We all look to drugs, alcohol, pills, 
whatever can relieve our mind from things that's actually going on and we don't have to deal with those things. That's what we look to in this world. That's what the world looks to. But if we look to Jesus through this, that can overcome all these things in our life, then we don't have to deal with these other things. And the truth of the matter is, and it's sad, and I say the world looks at those things, there's people in the church that do the same thing. That, that, that live off, well, I'm only drinking right now to just mellow out and I don't have to deal with these things. I, I'm not here to preach on drinking, alright? Nothing like that. Or they take all kinds of pills or different things so they don't have to worry about things in their life. So it's, I say it's the world, but it's the church also that deal with those things. It's not just the world. And so if, if you're in the church and the, you're doing these things, if, you're, if you say you're a child of God, how about looking to Him instead of the worldly things in our life that we can look to to try to forget those things? So Jesus didn't leave them in the storm. He still wants us. He, he wanted them to rise up and speak the name of Jesus over it. Why? Because He had been showing them how to do these things. But Jesus woke up. He rose up. And then what did He do? He spoke to the storm, didn't He? And in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10, this was written hundreds of years before Jesus came to this earth. It says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. If you're a child of God this morning, that means you're righteous in His eyes. That means you can run to Him and confide in Him, and He's a strong tower and you're safe from, from things that are going on. Things are still going to go on around you. Problems are still going to happen around you, to you, in your house, whatever. But that doesn't mean you have to submit to the problems. You can submit to Jesus and let Him let Him work through those problems with you. Verse 39, it said, Then He arose and rebuked the winds and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and I love this, and there was a great calm. A great calm. That... That, that great calm caught me this week as I was reading that. A great calm. We all want a great calm in our life. We all want the storm to stop in our life. But until we allow Jesus to work through us, until we call on the name of Jesus and, and watch Him work instead of us trying to work for it and trying to work to it and trying to work around it and do everything we can to, to steal like the disciples were doing everything they could except call on Him. But they called on Him. And Jesus said, peace be still. He's saying the same thing to us today if we just listen and, and stop letting the noise of this world to where we can't hear Him and listen to Him. He's wanting to say, peace be still. Be still. Just like He's told them before. Be still and know that I am God. And so He said, peace be still. Stop. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. There was nothing. There was nothing. But... We've got to look at this also further that he said this here. We're going to read next week to where he goes into more problems. To where there's another time, like we said earlier, to where there's another storm that they're in. Right? And, and so it wasn't the last time he had to speak through a situation. Today when you call on Him and there's peace in your life and you know that He's Lord of your life and you know that if you left this world you're going to heaven, that's peace in your life. That's peace in your heart. Sure, everything else may look like a storm around you, but you know that. And Jesus is saying, peace be still. Today, He's saying the same thing. And He wants a great calm in your life. 
there doesn't have to be drama all the time. I know people that just seem to love drama. If there's not drama, they want to cause drama, want to say drama. And if they're not at peace, seem like sometimes, unless there is drama. But we don't have to have drama every day in our lives. We don't have to have those things. Why? Because Jesus has already said, peace be still. Just calm down. Gabby tells me that's why I had some ulcers, because I just so wound up all the time. I have peace. I do. So when Jesus gets involved, there's always going to be peace. There's peace in Him. And that great calm can be there. Verse 40. But He said to them, Why are you fearful? Why are you fearful? Why do we fear things in our life? Because we don't like them. We don't want them there. If we don't want them there, then do something about them. And what we do about them is go to Him. Go to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our salvation, the one that is still the true and living God. And we go to Him. But He said, why are you so fearful? We're fearful in our, in our, in our natural eyes of storms that come up. What happens whenever, and, and I fell into this too, if there's a, if there's a storm, a stormy night, you know, um, tornadoes and stuff like that, and we know they are, people get on high tension. And high alert. What happens? We get notifications on our phone. WAFF puts out this is the first 48 weather day or whatever. And what do we do? And I feel the other two, we watch the weather. We're watchful. And people get scared of those things. And I understand. You know, a tornado, we can't predict when it's going to come down and how long it's going to last. And they try to predict, hey, it may come here or there. We don't know. And so people get fearful in storms. We get fearful in our own life. We, as, as parents, we get some kind of fearful at times for our, the safety of our own children, right? The first time you see them drive at 16, you drive off. You're like, mm, oh, that hurts. Or they pull out in front of people. They turn around. He ain't even. <laughs> and, and they do things as, as, as children. And when you hear that, that something's happened, your heart gets fearful just for a second. You're like, oh, my goodness. What's happened? I mean, I've, I've, got, I've had phone calls from all three of my children that they've been in wrecks. Thankfully, with nothing major. But, you know, you, you get that way and you're like, oh my goodness, God help, God move. And so you get fearful at a time. You get fearful to a, to a point in your life and of whatever's going on because you don't know the future. We don't know what's really going to happen. We don't know physically how bad things are. And if we do, then we are fearful because we can see how bad things are. But he goes on to say, how is it that you have no faith? No faith. I mean, that, that had to have been hard for the disciples. Look, we're, we've watched you do all these things. You've explained these things to us. Now, we're, all of a sudden, we have no faith. We have no faith. Where is our faith today? Knowing that God's still in control. Of our lives. Where is our faith? Because more times than not, when bad things happen, we say and do things that are contrary to the Word of God every time. And then when we get a diagnosis of something from the doctor, things like that, and, and we're praying for something and it doesn't happen, it seems like right then, if it doesn't happen when we want to, we lose faith in God. And Jesus said, how is it you have no faith? No faith. Like, I am the Son of God here with you. 
and, and you have no faith. When he's told us, and we'll read later, that, that we know faith is a grain of mustard seed, what, can move mountains, can't it? If you just have that amount of faith in Jesus, in God, to do what His Word of God says, and what is true in your life, then, then we can see Him work in ways that we couldn't understand or fathom. And, and so, we're, we're still a child of the Most High God. If, if and only if, you have repented of your sins, okay? You have accepted Him as your Lord and Savior. You say, well, I thought everybody was a child of God. They're made in the image of God because we're humans, right? That doesn't mean you're a child of God. I don't, did I talk about the, the singer that I saw? I know we did on Wednesday night. Did I talk about that in here? about what he said on a video, and most a lot of you probably seen it. We talk about this, God's supposed to love everybody. And, and it, I, mean, I don't listen to his music. I don't know him, but it's, it's the guy Jelly Roll. He lives a lifestyle that I've seen that is so contrary from the Word of God and what Christians should be and what the child of God should be. But yet, he wants to sit on a, uh, uh, an, an interview and talk about how that Christians are wrong and the church today is wrong. Well, there's a lot wrong as, as, as the church today. I'm not saying nothing from that. And he puts put Jesus in this, in this group. We talk about hippie Jesus, right? So he did it. He said, look, he said Jesus was out there eating and drinking with, with all of the, all the sinners, which he was. He was. He said, there's that famous story where he had the, the prostitute in town come up, and he told them, he told all of them, he said, let you without the, you know, no sin, cast the first stone. That's true. But he stops there because he puts it back on where Jesus loves everybody as they are. To come to Jesus, he loves you as, a, as you are. But he did not go on to finish what happened with that prostitute. The, the main thing that happened there, not that he said, even without sin, let cast the first stone. He told her, he said, hey, where are your accusers? And she looked around, there was nobody there. And he said, hey, you go and sin no more. So the world paints this picture of Jesus going to love everybody. And, and he does. He died for everybody. But that doesn't mean everybody's going to accept him. Nowhere does it say that Jesus went and done these things with these people and then stooped down to their level and still left living the lifestyle. Everywhere we read where Jesus was at, they come and lived a different lifestyle, didn't they? That woman went away and was told to go away and sin no more. So, so the world paints this odd picture, this strange picture, this loving Jesus up here, and He is, but they don't have to do anything for salvation. They don't have to repent. They don't have to live a different life. They can do what they want to because God still loves me. And that's, that's sadly what's going on in a lot of churches today. But that's the world's view of it. And this guy's so far off from the truth. And I pray that one day he finds it. That he realizes that, that the, the story of the prostitute didn't stop right there. He said, go and sin no more. And he's telling that guy the same thing. Hey, why don't you stop what you're doing? I love you where you are, but let me change you where you are. And you won't be, you'll be different than what you was yesterday. You'll be different than you was a moment ago, and you go and sin no more. So, they have no faith. They have no faith in God. First Peter chapter 5. We're going to read. i got verse 6 up there. But in verse 5... At the end, it says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive one to another and be clothed with humility. Listen, for God resists the proud, but give grace to the humble. God resists the proud. 
you're living with pride this morning in any area of your life, then it's an area that you cannot see God work in because He resists the proud. It says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. This is going back to, hey, Jesus doesn't, he, he, the disciples, He doesn't care that we're going through this. You and your life, He doesn't care that I'm dealing with this. Why me? But it goes on to say, Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Casting everything on Him. Be sober and vigilant. Why? Because the, the same devil that was trying to get Jesus and His disciples time after time after time after time that we read about in the Gospels is the same one that's still tricking and, and scheming against you today. It's the same one that wants everybody that's sitting in here today listening to the Word of God, take and throw it away and, and worry about everything else in your life besides what's going on right now and not give anything to Him today different than what you did before you come in here and you leave the same and don't remember any of this that was spoken today. That's the same one. The same devil back then is the same devil now. He said, be sober and vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he, seeking whom he may devour. Newsflash, he's seeking you today to, to devour you. He's seeking to devour me. He would love nothing else for me to not to get up here and preach the Word of God. He, he would love nothing else for me to deny everything about this to be untrue and go and live a worldly life for the rest of my life. That would make him happy. It would make him happy if every door of every church building were closed down. And not preach the Word of God. And so today, if you're, if you're not wanting to get rid of areas in your life, you know a sin that God's laid out and called sin, then, then you're proud in your heart. You're proud in your heart this morning. you got pride in your life that you need to get rid of because Proverbs also says pride comes before the fall. And so if you can't see it, I promise it's there. I promise it's there. So you've got to know what's going on in your life is not right. What's going on in your life, it, it, you know the areas that need to be changed. You need to change them. Verse 41 of Mark 4. It's the last verse. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and seas obey him? Again, they didn't realize who was in the boat with them. They didn't realize who was actually there question today is, do we truly realize who is Lord of our life? Do we realize that the same Jesus that was in the boat with them is the one that died for us, right? The same Jesus that was in the boat with them that calmed the wind and the waves and the storms is the same one that you call on to calm today, the wind and the storm and the waves in your own life. It's the same Jesus. So who's in your boat today? You got pride and doubt and unbelief living with you? What, you know, floating around with you, and, and that you're, you're just trying to deal with everything on your own. You, you're, you're swimming upstream and trying to row upstream all the time and can't figure out why. Because Jesus is not in your boat. Is there peace in your life as there should be? There's areas in my life, myself, that I know I need, I need help. I need to work on and ask God, I need peace in my life in this situation. I need these things to change. And, and I need to change so these other situations can change. I need to do things. I need to do different. I need to allow myself to become, to come humbly before Him, to humble myself and, and submit myself in every area of my life as He's called us to. So don't let doubt and unbelief get in the way of you realizing the authority in the name of Jesus that He has in your, that you have in your life when you speak the name of Jesus. 
Every time that we read in the Word, the name of Jesus is spoken. Jesus speaks, or somebody speaks the name of Jesus, the devil cannot stay there, can he? Doesn't mean he doesn't come back, but he has to leave in that instant. James 4, 7 says that, that submit yourself unto God, right? We first submit, we've talked about that this morning, submitting ourselves unto God. Then he says, resist the devil and he will flee. He will flee. So, so stop hiding behind everything that you want to hide behind. Because everything is seen by God. You, you can hide in front of me or behind all of everything that you want to in your life. And I may never see it, but God knows it. God knows it. So if we know, if we realize, when we realize and understand that God knows everything in my life, then I need to release that and let that go and ask for forgiveness. And remove pride and unforgiveness out of my life. Disobedience out of my life. And start living like He's told me to. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand this morning. So the call today is just like every day. Every time we meet, is to don't live another second, breathe another breath without knowing that Jesus is Lord of your life. Why do we keep doing it? It's like we're playing Russian roulette, right? Everybody knows that game. I've heard of it. I've fortunately never played it. But they got that one bullet in that chamber. We don't know which one it is. We keep pulling the trigger and pulling the trigger and pulling the trigger until one day we, we get to that, that, that cartridge or that chamber where the bullet is. And we don't know. We don't know when that is. But why keep living a life not knowing that when we leave this world, we don't know whether we're going to spend eternity in heaven with Him or eternity in hell with the one that's tried to trick and scheme us and, and, and scheme against us our whole life. So don't leave today without knowing those things. Don't leave today without, without submitting your life to Him in every area. Whether you do it right there or we can come here and pray and believe God together... Ask the Holy Spirit during this time as the music plays this morning. Ask the Holy Spirit to, to reveal in your life where you need to change and truly make a commitment today to change those areas in your life 